There are times when doctors, nurses and paramedics get insulted, ridiculed, threatened or even assaulted whilst on duty rendering services on their patients. Why is this happening? Are there any consequences suffered by people who conduct such actions? And what about the after effects of such actions? Who gets affected? Is it the attacked person alone? The healthcare system? What about the community? My name is Peggy Mashamba. I'm a retired registered nurse based in South Africa. During this discussion, I'll be adding experiences and observations that I learned, that I acquired throughout my profession as a nurse up to the time of retirement. At the same time, I'm going to mention some research articles from different countries about violence directed at healthcare workers. There'll be links as well added for your perusal. I am sure as a listener, you have seen or heard through the social media of instances where these doctors, nurses, and paramedics were attacked or were threatened whilst on duty. I urge you to listen up to the end of this discussion so that you can make your own opinion. I know you are aware of such, but let's link it to the research articles as well and hear how is this handled in other countries. I am reporting being from South Africa. The main issue that happens is when people insult these healthcare workers, most of the time there are witnesses. For example, it could be happening in the emergency department section. There'll be other patients, visitors, a lot of different people in that area. They will witness everything happening to an extent that some of the people witnessing this might approach the concerned nurse, doctor or paramedic to reassure them, to calm them down, to say, you know what? We care about you as healthcare workers. We appreciate what you are doing for us as, as patients or as members of the community. We really apologize about what is happening, meaning that they take it upon themselves to apologize on behalf of the perpetrator and they don't even know this person. Can they do more than that? It's not easy. They also feel helpless. Hence, they can only offer their sympathy. 
they acknowledge to say we are aware how hard you are working. And as a healthcare worker, when they start sympathizing with you, encouraging you, sometimes you find yourself having a lump on your throat. You feel like crying. You become so touched to say, yes, there are people who believe in healthcare workers. There are people who appreciate what is being done for them. And the question is, they do understand that as healthcare workers, we are human. We could have our shortcomings, but the difference is how you approach the issue. Do you have to be rude and threatening towards them? Is there no better approach that one can use to resolve the issue? On the side of the healthcare workers, through experience, sometimes you find that you are able to diffuse the situation. How? As you are listening to this irate person who's ranting, sometimes you start picking up the actual words that could lead to a source of frustration for this person. So in between where you get an opportunity, you repeat those words verbally as this person is saying them out to show the person you acknowledge what he or she is saying. As you continue doing that, some of these people might start slowing down, realizing you're not matching his or her aggressive state. You are listening, and then the person starts to slow down. And as the person slows down, as a healthcare worker, it gives you an opportunity to throw in short questions to verify, am I understanding you correctly? Is this what you are unhappy about? It might lead to a point whereby you are able to take this person or people to the counseling room and then you sit down and the person re-relates the story now in a better manner. And then as the person is relating the story, sometimes this person might even realize he or she misunderstood or misjudged the situation or it is a real matter of concern. And the nice thing is you might find the very person suddenly coming out with suggestion on how to resolve the issue. And you as a healthcare professional, you might end up having the opportunity to ask the person, what would make you feel better? What would make you feel your concern has been addressed. And the person will say his or her side. By doing this, it doesn't mean as a healthcare worker, you are agreeing or disagreeing with what is being presented to you. 
Actually, sometimes you find that the issue can be resolved there and there. Sometimes you find that this issue needs to be escalated. Now you get an opportunity to reach a compromise with this person to say, look, I understand what you are talking about, but based on this and that, I have to escalate this issue to this department or that department to give advice. At the end, we are able to reach a compromise to say, this is how you're going to get your feedback. Or you refer the person to that particular department, depending on what is happening. So this person who was threatening you as a healthcare worker, sometimes some of them will apologize. Some they can't apologize. But the tone, the demeanor, you can see this person is feeling embarrassed. There's some remorse that you pick up. And then you move on, the two of you, two or what number of people who were involved in that. But the sad part is damage has been done because those people who witness whatever happened will remember how these healthcare professionals were threatened by this person. Despite your experience, sometimes there are certain situations that you cannot diffuse as a healthcare worker. You find that you've called out even the security people, they are there to help you guys as doctors, nurses, and paramedics. And this irate person might even insult those security people with like, do you know who am I? Do you know who you are dealing with? I know so and so and so and so. I'll make sure you are all fired, you are all useless. And you stand there not knowing what to do, you ask yourself, does this mean this person, we are his or her weakest link as healthcare professionals? In real life, whenever this person is frustrated, angry, is this how he or she resolves issues by being rude? Nobody can answer that. Sometimes feel pity for such a person to say, really, is this how you handle issues in your life? There is an article published in Wisconsin, that is in the United States, whereby Utah governors signed bills penalizing violence, threats against healthcare workers. This article was published by Dave Muyoiwo. What happened? Two state governors signed bills that increase penalties of battery or assault against healthcare workers and make violent attacks against them a felony. This protection extends even to the family members of these healthcare workers. 
the Wisconsin Hospital Association President and CEO by the name of Eric Bogeding stated that hospitals cannot afford to lose providers because they fear threats in the workplace. This covers healthcare providers, emergency medical service workers, or healthcare facility employee, owner, or contractors, unquote. So according to this article, if you violate this bill, it will be punishable with a jail term and a fine. But the felony, the charge could be escalated to a third degree felony. Why? It means the violence, the threat have become so high. They had to take action to protect the healthcare workers. In South Africa, there's an article titled Healthcare Workers Under Siege at South Africa's Public Facilities. And this article has been published on healthe.org.za. And the story is related by Lilita Kwabe. Here it's about experiences of doctors who have been harassed whilst performing their duties. There's one junior doctor who was attacked by a female patient. Security guards had to help this doctor. And the sad part is, this doctor, after experiencing all of this, had to continue with his work, despite the extreme danger that she was exposed to. So this is happening in hospitals, in clinics, any healthcare facility where there are patients. It doesn't matter whether it's in a private or a public health facility. In South Africa, violence has been reported in several provinces within the country. You can go to Mpumalanga, to Houghton, Kezet, and different provinces. There is the same complaint. In addition, one of the highest risks is from psychiatric patients, according to Professor Dana Ballot, who is the head of the School of Clinical Medicine, Vets University, and a neonatologist by training. The third article that I will discuss is titled Workplace Violence in Healthcare Settings, the Risk Factors, Implications, and Collaborative Preventive Measures. This article was published by a group of healthcare workers led by Mei Ching Lim et al. You can find this article published on the Annals of Medicine and Surgery in London. In it, the World Health Organization states that about 8 to 38% of healthcare workers 
suffer physical violence at a certain point in their career. Most violent cases are committed by patients, family members or friends and followed by patients themselves. Violence is worse when there is a crisis, for example, in an emergency department. Let's say there is a natural disaster or a car accident or whatever. These nurses, doctors and paramedics, they become targets wherein people will vent their anger or frustrations on them. It becomes hard on these staff members because at the same time, their focus is saving the lives of those people who are affected, the people who are injured. So what is the overall effect of such actions? Why so much violence? What are governments doing? the healthcare systems doing. We have, we have seen in Wisconsin, a state in the United States, they've taken action. I am sure this is not the only state that has taken action. I've just mentioned three articles, all links included. On one of the previous episodes that we discussed, we spoke about resilience to say, are nurses, doctors, and paramedics resilient? One of the factors that came out was about psychological resilience, which was explained as an ability of a healthcare worker to bounce back and continue as if you are in your pre-crisis state, meaning that you continue with your work as if nothing has happened, despite the horror of your work situation. In honesty, this is not an easy task to achieve, but we do achieve it. Why? You cannot throw in the towel. Your shift hours are not over yet and those patients lying there are dependent on you as a team for their survival. You worry about their safety, hence you bounce back. But it does not mean emotionally you are not stressed. Emotionally you are damaged. You feel demoralized as a healthcare worker. You feel worthless at times. It's like you can just resign there and there. And that's not an easy decision. Not everybody can resign. So how do you continue working under such conditions? Why are healthcare workers not opening police cases after being insulted? because it looks like it's just a norm. Anybody can just walk in and shout at you. The issue is, some of these people, they even threaten your family members. You are told, don't think you're going to sleep in this place. 
will chase you, will find where you stay, will deal with you, will deal with your family members. So how do you go and open a police case? Yes, the employer might protect you when you go to court. The police might protect you. But remember, the threat was will deal with you and your family members. We take that seriously. Anything is possible. And any case, how many police cases are going to be opened by these people? Especially if you are working in an emergency department. Because it's almost an everyday occurrence. What will deter these people from doing this? What people don't realize is these healthcare workers, they end up suffering from post-traumatic stress disorders like sleeping disorders. Some suddenly have irritability or difficulty in concentrating. You start reliving the trauma of what you are going through. And this could affect the quality of care. It could lead to an increase in absenteeism. Healthcare workers have been found to be scared to report offenders due to the effect of these threats to their family members. So what solution do we have? What are the costs? I'll make a scenario about paramedics who get assaulted at the scene of an accident. There are paramedics that have been robbed. The equipment inside the ambulance is taken away from them. That is a cost. To replace such equipment is very expensive for the healthcare system. So it means you will be an ambulance down, one or two, depending on how many ambulance, ambulances were robbed. Two, community members of the areas affected, the areas that are red-flagged, they also suffer the consequences because, let's say a family member is sick, you need an ambulance to take this person to, a, to the nearest health facility. You phone the ambulance system, they respond, but coming out, it's delayed. Why? Paramedics are scared for their lives. It's known. Maybe they need an escort, police escort. Where will they find a police escort every time there's a call out? Because the police also are busy with their own functions. How does this impact on the family members and the patient if the patient is awake, is conscious? They are scared. They are agitated. They are helpless. They watch this person 
suffering. And maybe there is no car that could pick up this person immediately to the nearest facility. It's an injury which only the paramedics can handle how to mobilize a patient on the, in that state. Suddenly complications crop in affecting this patient and people are looking at their clocks, their watches. Time is running out. And those complications could have been avoided if paramedics were able to arrive on time. The worst is, what if this patient dies? Some of the community members, the family members, are going to blame the healthcare system. The paramedics, they delay. Some are going to turn around and say, let's think carefully. Remember, whenever paramedics come out of this area, they get assaulted. You remember when they were robbed or when an ambulance was bent or whatever. So those people who are responsible for those violent actions, are they aware? What about their conscience? Who takes blame for the complications suffered by this patient? The effect, the cost on the family. Cost is not financial loss only. It's the loss of quality of life of this patient if the patient survives but has developed those complications. If the patient died, it's a long-term effect on that family members. How do we resolve this? According to my experience, it's a difficult situation to resolve because we spoke about family members of healthcare workers being threatened. One. Two, the employer could have those notices about violence against healthcare workers. Notices to say right of admission reserved in this health institution. Those are notices, but how do they get implemented? It is difficult. Remember in one of those research articles, they are saying violence is also from the family members who could be escorting this patient. Or it could be from the patient themselves. So, maybe a role that we have, it's not a big role, it's not an easy role, is to talk about this more, make an awareness to say these are the effects of violence towards these healthcare workers. We are losing experienced people. They leave bedside, they leave the health system go and work away from those health institutions. And the loss is felt by the healthcare system. Losing this experienced doctor, nurse or paramedics, the younger ones who come into the profession, 
they lose, they miss out on being mentored, coached, taught by these experienced people. The effect also goes to the family members, as I've, made a, I've mentioned on that scenario. So it's financial, it's emotional, it's everything. We've got our comedians. We've got our influencers. Us as members of the community, maybe just saying it out when it happens to each other and say, you know what, the effects are bigger than this. Maybe by talking about this, one or two of those people who are involved might start thinking to say, I should have a better way of handling my frustration towards these nurses, doctors, and paramedics because the after effects are bigger than that. At home, this is not how I behave. So how should, why should I behave like that when I'm not at home among the healthcare workers? Why do I treat them as my weakest link? As you are listening, are there any other suggestions that you have? What can we do about this? Thank you for listening and welcome to all of you that are listening to this article. If you are a first-time listener to this podcast, thank you very much. You are welcome. Be aware there are other postings that I have done. And then if you are a return listener, thank you again. I'll always keep on saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Please continue listening to the following episodes. Be part of this community. Let's share whatever we are listening to. If you know people that you can forward this to them, give them the name of the podcast. The Nurse Peggy M. Retired, so that they can also listen. Thank you very much. It's appreciated. Bye.